Ten minutes it is before 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro with myself, Ayabong Atawe. And uh, we go into our wrap of the top business stories this evening. And joining me to take a look at uh, all of the happenings in the world of money, Makwe Masilela, Chief Investment Officer and Founder at Makwe Fund Managers. Makwe, who's that, bro? Sweet, how's it, my Hey, sweet no smogo, sweet no smogo, Makwe. Makwe, I guess uh, the big smogo is, um, yeah, in those QLFS numbers that came out earlier. Now... Yeah, I think a lot of people were making quite, uh, quite a meal of um, you know the recovery that came as uh, the economy opened on a risk-adjusted basis uh, towards the end of last year. But I think uh, you know this, these numbers, uh, if uh, we certainly needed one, uh, were a wake-up, re- I guess, a reality call of sort, uh, because mm-hmm. um, you know you might get three hundred and thirty-three thousand new jobs in your economy, but if you're adding over 700,000 to your workforce every single day and uh, joining the ranks of the unemployed, it certainly does make for a much worse picture than uh, maybe what some people were expecting. Definitely, uh, you know, and it was worse than expected. I think market was expecting 35.5, you know, from that 30.8, you know, I think a simple reality is you get a situation where business are struggling because a business doesn't close or retrench because of one or two months of struggle. They'll try whatever they can do, use whatever reliefs that they can get, whatever facilities. But to get to a point as a business person that this is it, as much as I'm allowed to open, but there's no demand, there are no customers, people are having reduced salaries, people are starting to reprioritize consumer confidence is low, then the demand of whatever product or service that you're offering is no longer there, then it will take you some couple of months to say, listen, guys, this is it. And we know that the biggest cost of any business happens to be workers. Mm. So it makes sense that we'll continue to see this kind of things happening. And I don't think this is the end of it. And especially if we work it out properly, that real jobs lost and real jobs created and unfortunately, an economy that doesn't create a job is not decent enough, you know, because you sure, need sure. that kind of economy to create jobs. Maybe we should even start to Makwe? revisit the way we calculate. Makwe? Yeah. Sorry, man. Eish, eish, eish. You're lying, my brother. Do you mind just moving and shifting there? Just to chigel and move, uh, and just we're trying to get you on a much much better line so so let's maybe pause here for a second uh, while we try and re-establish our connection there with Markwe and uh, we'll get hold of Markwe on the other side of this Seven minutes it is before 8 p.m. It's our wrap of the top business stories. And I'm joined by Makwe Masilela from Makwe Fund Managers uh, to take a look at these big stories. And certainly the big story of the day, uh, quarterly labor force survey data for the fourth quarter of 2020 coming out from StatsSA earlier on today. And Makwe, I guess, you know, uh, uh, as we come back to you, uh, the big question I have is, is the industry you're part of. I, I was shocked when I saw 123,000 job losses in the financial services sector in the fourth quarter. What's happening there? Bro, it's just so unfortunate. I mean, it's not surprising. If you look at those financial services companies, number one, they were asked by the Reserve Bank to say, don't pay any dividends, defer them for now. And you look at their numbers, you look at their debt that they have, their areas, it just shows you that there's a clear reflection of the economy, that if people are struggling, the clear reflection or the effect thereof will be on our financial services. 
So it's not surprising to see them shedding jobs because the companies themselves, they don't do well. Go back to any financial results of those companies. You won't see anything less than 50% reduction when it comes to profits. So what do they have to do? They also have to try to Mm -hmm. operate in a leaner fashion. And also they try to introduce, you know, this whole thing of going digital. That's another thing as well. I mean, have you? I don't know Mm -hmm. when the last time you Mm -hmm. walked into a bank. You no longer get something with 10, 15 tellers. You'll get two or three and thereafter you get five or six consultants. So sure, those sure. jobs are gradually going away. Yeah, yeah. Mark, we'll our attention away from, uh, I guess that's very sad state of uh, numbers that we saw there, to uh, Sabanya Stillwater. Now, uh, we were taking a look at some of their numbers over the last day or so. And uh, yeah, it seems now they're readying themselves for the, uh, uh, I guess, uh, much uh, awaited boom of the electric car industry. And uh, they've now put in a bid for a 30% stake in a lithium miner from Finland. I think the Froll man is no longer a CEO, you know, he's more of a deal maker. The guy has done well. If you yeah, think, <laughs> number one, where is the company coming from, you know, from the assets that they got, those three mines, you know, growing up mm. to be what they are, the biggest PGM producer, and the guy is forward-looking, you know, that, listen, yes, there might not be demand now, but going forward, we expect to see a serious pickup when it comes mm. to electric cars, and they need those kind of batteries. And I think he's getting that at a cheaper price, because, number one, the guys are not yet producing up sure. until 2024, so that tells you that it's still at decent levels. And the minute they start producing, and I think that mine will have almost a 13-year lifespan. So I think mm. the guys have made their good money. And I think this is one of the nice exits that you can do as a CEO. And yes, Sibanya, I think, is a force to be reckoned with. And it's going to end up being a diversified miner, like the of your ability, and we're Anglo-American. And that's something that just started as a gold miner. So now mm. the PGM, stuff like that, I think it's a wise move. Yes, it's going to be a part equity and debt, but the guy has done it before when he was acquiring steel orders. He yeah, had to get yeah. that debt and he paid it off. Or he's mm. about to pay it off. Who said this is a sunset industry? Well, uh, I think, you know, Sabanya Stillwater's story uh, and the story of PGMs uh, and some of the new age metals that uh, I guess uh, many parts of the world are endowed in uh, is certainly, I guess, the new story for the world of mining. But uh, one entity, Marco, that uh, certainly didn't have a, a very good showing for its mining operations was Marian Roberts. Now, uh, they've certainly, I guess, uh, become all manner of things that are very different from what they pr- probably were about 10 years ago. Um, and they came out uh, giving a trading out, uh, statement earlier on today saying uh, they expect their earnings to... I guess, uh, uh, shift materially by more than 20%, and I guess that's a requirement for them to put out a trading statement. Uh, what do you make of the trading statement they put, they put out? Uh, a lot of bad news, but I guess some silver lining there when they look at their order book. Definitely, but I think these guys are contractors. They're not like a mining house themselves. They don't get to benefit from higher metal prices. They get to benefit when people start new mines, when people start to expand in certain mines, then they contract them, and they also rely on energy projects and infrastructure projects. So it's not surprising that we have lost the better part, or we have lost the better part of 2020. So yes, it doesn't uh, come as much of a surprise that their earnings will be affected that much. But as you're saying, I think all these things are in the past, 
any company you buy it going forward. So I think their order book is something that we have to look at. But the question is, what is it that they will make out of that order book? I mean, it's well and good to say your order book is at almost 69 billion, but what are the margins, you know? But yes, you are right. It's a company that managed to transform itself from what we used to know as a nearly construction company, and they realize that they need to diversify and more important to not just rely on mm. South Africa for their project. So yes, just like any other supplier of the mining industry, they were affected because there were no projects for them to really sure. work on them, as they know that there were some restrictions when it comes to mining activity. Makwe, last one here before I let you go. Um, this uh, class action lawsuit here by uber in the next few minutes or so we're going to be talking to one of the uh, sort of law firms involved in this uh, the lead day law firm based out in london uh, but uh, what do you make of this i mean uh, uh, drivers i guess uh, potentially hoping to benefit from that supreme court judgment out in the uk uh, which effectively uh, for the united kingdom uh, resolves this question of whether or not those who drive um, vehicles on behalf of uber or f- for uber uh, whether or not those are employees or independent contractors I think that's what the law is supposed to be, you know. That's what government are supposed to do, you know, when they make all these laws to protect their citizens. And all they're doing here is that, hey, give the guys the rights that they deserve. Classify them as workers or as employers so that they can get the right benefits, not as contractors. And the initial arrangement was more comfortable for Uber itself because they didn't have to cater for all these other benefits. So here it is now the workers get to get a judgment that favors them and we hopefully back home here that lawsuit will also be successful because truth be told it's just not about shareholders making as much money as they can and we know mm. that's their intention if you own a business but it's also sure. a question of taking care of those people who are working for you so mm. i think it's a good thing going forward and if people can start doing what do they say that hey our biggest asset are our people can they please practice that and take care of that most important asset that you usually make noise about that you are most mm. important asset are your people so here yeah. it is show us makwe Masilela, the chief investment officer and the founder at Makwe Fund Managers. And he just puts the phone down. I like Makwe like that, man. Uh, but that being said, we're going to take a brief break now. And uh, when we come back, we continue on that story. And uh, many of us have uh, certainly have been making noises about this uh, for the last maybe five years. Uh, this uh, uh, distinction around whether or not Uber drivers are workers or whether or not they're contractors. And if you look at the business model, you know, uh, in terms of the uh, divvying up of all of the work and the tasks, um, and if you think about the determination of the prices uh, paid for each of those tasks of driving many of us around, you can see that it's an uh, imbalanced power relationship between uh, the platform uh, player Uber and uh, many of the drivers who take on a disproportionately much greater risk uh, for the financing cost of the vehicles, for making sure the vehicles are clean, filled up, and all manner of other uh, costs that certainly skew things in favor of uber we're going to take a brief break richard Mirren joins me on the other side he's head of international claims at lee day which is a london-based law firm stay tuned